0: You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good morning, or good afternoon, or just hello to you. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and today uh, we will be hearing the Palm Sunday sermon. The title of the sermon for today is, Where is the Hand of God? Have you ever wondered that? Maybe you've wondered that lately. Maybe you've wondered, what in the world is God doing? Why? Where is He in all of this that is happening? Where is the hand of God? I hope that you'll be able to see His hand at work as we look at that topic today. Where is the hand of God? Today on Words of Encouragement Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. And I have a question for you this morning. Where is the hand of God? Where is the hand of God? I want you to know that I shall not allow this virus to overcome celebrating what Jesus did for us on the cross. In making the passageway to forgiveness and salvation possible for us, God perfectly expressed His love for us. There's no way we will not celebrate Him during this Easter season. That being said, have you ever felt like God was not in control? Have you ever had that feeling? Like maybe He kind of forgot about us down here on the earth. Sometimes we allow ourselves to listen to the wrong voice. Sometimes we allow ourselves to listen to that of the devil himself when he says, Oh, you have everything to fear. Sometimes we allow ourselves to listen to a loud voice. But the loudest voice is not always the correct voice. Honestly. Let's think about this. Is is God in control? Has he forgotten us down here? Think about it. Think about it. That is a lie from the devil himself. Is there actually someone who is able to push God off of his throne? I don't think so. In times like these, you and I need to be reminded that God is in control and he always will be in control of things. I want us to see the hand of the hand of control, the hand of God that is in control in our Palm, palm Sunday service this morning. If you're able and you are willing, uh, you may be sitting there in your house today. Uh, if you're driving, I would suggest you not stand during the reading of the Scripture. But if you are able and you're willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, uh, verses 28 through 30. And I have the wrong scripture up there. That's okay. You listen uh, to me (laughs) as I read. After he had said these things, he was going on ahead and going up to Jerusalem. When he approached Bethpage and Bethany near the mount, which is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it. And bring it here. Bring it here. May God bless the reading of His Word. You may be seated this morning. Well, Jesus is speaking here, and what what, what has just happened? Jesus has just given a talk on the proper use of money, and then he heads out to Jerusalem. When he gets near, he sends out two of his disciples to go and collect a colt. Look at verse 31. It says, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. Oh, okay. Well, now, I want you to see something here. I, I want you to notice something here that is very important. You're going to see the hand of God in this. Notice Jesus knows this cult is going to be there before they even go into the city. You might say, well, pff, I mean, come on. Sure, certainly there were a lot of cults tied up somewhere in the city. I mean, my goodness, they just came across one and said, oh, well, we're just going to take it. No, there's, this was a specific one. This was a specific cult here, and it's it's tied up there, and Jesus knows it's going to be there. He also knows that someone's going to ask, why are you taking this? There's comfort to be found in knowing that God knew this. Because you see, God's hand is in what is happening there. God, the hand of God is in control of what is going on. He knows this cult is there. He knows someone's going to ask, why are you taking this cult? What are you doing? He knows this is going to happen before it even happens. Isn't it comforting to know that we have a God who knows what's going to happen before it happens? I can tell you today that I am thankful that we have a God who knows what's going to happen before it happens. Listen, the hand of God is right here. He's aware of what is going to happen before it happened, before this virus broke loose onto this earth and ran rampant among us. God knew it was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. He is the all-knowing one. There's a big biblical theological word, and that word is omniscient. It means all-knowing, and that is our God. He is all-knowing. He knows about all of this that is happening. Do you think this virus caught God off guard? No. He knew. And some would say, well, if he knew, preacher, then why didn't he stop it? I've asked that question myself. Why didn't he stop it? But I have to face some facts. I have to face some facts that come from the word of God that God is God. I am me and you are you. Listen, we are not God. Isaiah wrote in chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, these words, For my thoughts, capital M, talking about God himself, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We have a God who is bigger than all of this. We have a God who is bigger than you and bigger than me, and we have a God who knows what is happening. We have a God who is in control of this. We may not not understand it, we certainly do not like it, but God's ways are higher than ours. When will you and I learn to fully depend on God? You and I must learn to grasp the reality that we do not know everything and we never will as long as we live on this earth. We are not going to understand everything. Somebody, I was just talking to someone today and they said, look, uh, I I wish we could just figure all this out. And I said, well, if we could figure all this out, why would we need God? God. Why would God exist if we had the power on our own to figure everything out? There's no need for God. We are not God. Only God is God. God knows all. He is above all. He is in control of all. What is happening with us? What is happening with us? We've been given, we've been given time to stop. We've been given time to reflect on our lives. We've been given time to spend with our family. And I read somewhere today that some people are needing some help adjusting to being around their family so much. Because they've not done that before. They've gone to work all day. And now they're around their family all day. And it's a different world for them. But God is giving us an opportunity. He's giving us some time to think, to consider, to reflect on our own lives. Who are we in relation to God? Who are we in relation, in, relationship, in, in relation to this world that we're living in? Who are we? We've been given time to think about it. An opportunity to look at our own lives and to see where we stand with God. Take this opportunity, please, take this opportunity to determine where you stand with the Lord. God has given each one of us a marvelous opportunity to stop our lives and to look for His hand in all that is happening. If we will look, we will find the hand of God at work. The hand of God was at work in, 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 when the disciples went, went into town to get that colt. God's hand was at work. They went and they found the colt. What do you know? Because God was in control. Look for God's hand in all that is going on around you. That's what I want to challenge you to do today. Look for God's hand in everything that's happening around you right now. Take time to look for His hand, the hand of God. The second thing, the disciples see the hand of God. Look at verse 32. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. Well, go figure. Just as he had told them, there's going to be a colt. You're going to find it. You're going to need to untie it. And somebody's going to ask you about it. And that's what they found. Sure enough, they saw God's hand at work in the world. They saw the controlling hand of God at work. Don't you think that made them feel good? Don't you think that made them to to just trust in Him even more when they saw His hand at work in what was going on? Look at verses 33 and 34. As they were untying the colt, sure enough, there it is, its owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? Hey, Bubba, what you doing? That's our colt. Who, who told you you could do this? Why are you doing this? In verse 34, they said, the Lord has need of it. And evidently, that was enough. That was the only answer that needed to be given at that time. We don't see anywhere where the, where the owners said, hey, wait a minute. You're not, I don't care. I don't care who your Lord is. You're not taking our cult. doesn't say that. Evidently, that was all they needed to say because that was what he told them to do. He said, Tell them, the Lord has need of it. And they did. And they took the colt. During all this chaos that we find ourselves in today, we, like the disciples, need to be found being obedient to Christ. We who believe need to be found being obedient to Christ we need to be found trusting in God just as we were told to do. When others are panicking and buying up all the toilet paper, we, we need to be the people who are leaning on God. We need to be the ones leaning on God and being found obedient to Him. Do you know that in the New Testament in Acts, uh, the, the, the people of God, they, they shared with one another. They shared what they had with each other so that no one was found without something they needed What we're doing as Christians We're sharing with what we have Just because we are told to stay at home Does not mean we stop ministering to people It does not mean that we cease to care for others It does, does not mean that we cannot pick up the phone And call and check on others And pray with them Do you realize how much that would mean to someone Who's at home alone To call them up and say Hey, can I pray with you? Is there something in particular that I could talk to the Lord about for you? What a privilege it is to be able to pray for someone else. Some of the most meaningful and helpful times for me and others is when I have the opportunity to pray with them. There's comfort in prayer. Because you're talking to the Lord, the King of the universe. People in this world need to be able to see the hand of God and His people. They need to see the, the obedience of His people lived out in this world, especially now. Do you realize, many of you looked at, many of you uh, who live in Winsboro, you take the Franklin Sun and you saw that the, there was a 24-hour time of prayer uh, that was done uh, from, from noon one day to noon the next, uh, there have been other outreaches of prayer happening people on the on Facebook praying. People need to see this. People need to see the people of God living out their faith. They need to see people of God being obedient to God. How do they see his hand at work through your obedience? my obedience through Our faithfulness in prayer, our faithfulness in the study of his word and the outreach that we do when we share the love of God with others. That outreach, that loving your neighbor needs to continue, continue to check up on one another. Being obedient to God in that act will show others that God's hand is upon you. It will show others that you're being obedient to God. They need to see that. They need to see that. So my second question is, can others see God at work in your obedience? Can other people see God at work in your obedience to him? The the third thing, the disciples and the people, they praise Jesus. Look at verse 35. They brought it to Jesus. They brought this colt and they threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. They helped him up. They got him on on the colt. So he's sitting on this colt. Look at verse 36. And he was going. As he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. They were treating him like the king that he is. Look at verses 37 and 38. As soon as he was approaching... Near the descent of the Mount of Olives, I can picture it in my mind now, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen, shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. What are these disciples doing? What are they doing? What are these people doing? They're praising God and they're doing it with a loud voice. In a world that needed to hear about Jesus, they were shouting with a loud voice about Jesus. They were being obedient. They were crying out to the people about Jesus. They were talking, they were shouting, they were sharing in a loud voice. This world needs to hear about Jesus. Where do we come in? Where do we fit in to this world praising of the king during this Easter season where do we fit in where are our loud voices where are our voices of care and concern for others where are the voices of love and of the gospel can people find those voices crying out from us can they find those voices Does this world know to whom we belong? Do they know? Are they hearing the hope in Christ from us, from you, from me? Look at verse 39. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Now, we probably could have made it all the way through the sermon without having to bring the, up the Pharisees. Could Probably could have had this passage of Scripture without the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the, were the religious people of that day, but they did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And so they kind of talked down to Jesus, and they didn't like Him saying a lot of what He said. And they didn't like the fact that, they, that He was getting more followers than they were. I mean, they, they had issues. With Jesus, Well, here they are. They said, rebuke your disciples, teacher. You need to stop that. They're saying stuff that they don't need to be saying about you. They didn't like the loud voices talking about who Jesus is. In essence, what they're doing is telling Jesus to tell his disciples to just shut their mouths. Stop them from talking. Stop them from saying all of this. But look at verse 40. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. Let me plead with you to not be a silent Christian. Do not be a silent Christian. Do not put the rocks in a position to have to be used by God. Be the voice. Be the voice of a child of God. Be the voice that speaks... About Jesus. Be the voice that speaks in a loud voice. About who he is. Stand up. Praise Jesus. For who he is. Your loud voice may not be one like mine right now. A loud voice. A literal loud voice. Your loud voice may come in a different form. Your loud voice may come through. A podcast. A lovingly phrased post. God-directed post on Facebook, a letter to someone, or even a blog post. Your loud voice does not necessarily have to be one that hurts people's ears, but it must be a voice that is heard. We are the people of God. And we must talk about Jesus. We must share about Jesus. Let people know you belong to Jesus. Praise Him. It's Easter time. It's Easter in the neighborhood. It's Easter in your neighborhood. It's Easter time in this world today. And the people of God must be the ones who stand up and talk about Jesus. Look for God's hand Look for God's hand and all that is going on around you. Take time and look for it. Can others see God in your obedience to Him? Do others see you praising God with your loud voice? Do others see that in you? My prayer is that they do. My prayer is that they will. My prayer is that today you will take some time to call someone... I'm sure they have some time today and talk to them about who Jesus is. It's Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. The disciples and the followers of Jesus praised him as he came into Jerusalem. Will you praise him today? I'm going to ask our accompanist to play quietly behind me. And I want to give you an opportunity Maybe you've never asked Christ to come into your heart. Maybe all of this talk today has been just kind of like, I don't know about this. What is this, this Jesus following Jesus? Preacher, you said there were disciples. Who are they? They are people who wanted to be like Jesus. They were people who followed him. There were others who were following him. The disciples followed him very closely. The disciples were chosen one by one by Jesus himself. To follow him so he could teach them There were others who were following They were curious Who is this Jesus They wanted to know more Maybe today you want to know more Maybe today you want To give your heart to him To allow him to be in charge of your life To ask him to come into your heart To forgive you of your sins And to be in charge of your life Maybe today this at this time you'd like to give your heart to him. Why put it off any longer? I'm going to I'm going to voice a prayer. And I'm going to say some words. They're not magic. You don't have to say them specifically in the order that I say them or how I say them, but you must express to God what you want him to do, what you desire of him. If you want to have him in your heart, to have his son Jesus living in your heart, then if you, if you would, just repeat these words after me. I'm going to bow my head, and as I pray, would you just repeat these words? Dear Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you. I have done things that are not pleasing to you. I'm sorry for that. Will you forgive me? And come into my heart? And be in charge of my life. If you prayed that prayer, again, nothing special about the words, but if you desire in your heart that Jesus come into your heart and to forgive you and forgive you of your sins. If you desire that God be in control of your life, if you prayed that prayer and you said something like that to him, then friend, you Jesus came into your heart. Your sins have been forgiven. And you are beginning a new life. The Bible says you're a new creature. A new creature. A new creation in Christ. We want to help you along that walk with Christ. We have a telephone number you can call. You can call 318-435-4359. Or you can even email us. You can write this down. Email us at FBCWBORO at gmail.com. That information will be below this video as you're watching it. You'll find that. You'll be able to email us. We want to we get in contact with you. We want to know if you have begun a walk with Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, I just don't know about this. I've got questions. You can contact us through that same email ask us to know more about Jesus and what it means to have a relationship with him. Maybe you're listening to this to this point and you're thinking, "You know what? I just need somebody to pray. I just need somebody to pray with me." I have a telephone number that you can call, and these are trained people that you can that you can talk to. They're chaplains. If you're ready to write this down, it's 1-800 410 3492. That's 1 800 410 3492. And there will be a chaplain on the other end of that phone and they can talk with you and pray with you. We'll do the same. But if you can't get through to us, you can call that number. We want you to know that God loves you. He cares for you. He knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows how you're feeling right at this very moment. And He wants you to know that He cares. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for loving us. I thank You for caring for us. I thank You so much for giving Your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. To make the passageway possible for us to have salvation eternal life with you for us to have our sins forgiven so that we may have a relationship with you. Father, we thank you for who you are and for what you've done. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We hope you'll join us uh, next week. We'll be here. You'll be able to find the link and you'll be able to join us again here at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and remember, I'm praying for you. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. We hope that this word has been a word of encouragement for you today. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and I do want to remind you that we are praying for you, uh, as we all are in kind of the same boat, I guess you could say. Uh, But uh, just stay in the boat uh, keep on clinging to the Lord. Uh, he is all we have, and He's all we've ever had. And so some of us are realizing that. Some of us are figuring that out. Uh, I hope that you are doing well. Uh, listen, if you do need to talk to someone, if you do need to talk to someone, you can call this number 1-800-410-3492. That's one 800 And you'll find a uh, chaplain on the other end of the telephone who can talk to you and help you. Please do that. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.